Hello and welcome to Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. I'm the Pork. I'm Blake. And we are joined today by a very special guest it's on an this. It's an it is on this, the third most popular Raiders podcast on the internet, coming to you from the filthiest filthiest storeroom somewhere hidden in the bowels of Civic, of which we will never reveal the location, will we, Blake? No. But we are joined here today by a very special guest. It is the man himself, Dennis Carnahan of Rugby League, the musical, and also a famous Canberra Raiders fan. Welcome, Dennis. Oh, thank you. And as you said earlier, I am very honoured to be here. Thank you. Well, as you would be. Uh, you're one of the very rare visitors to this uh, this great podcast. Can I take the blindfold off now? No. <laughs> no. Uh, it's gonna, I'm, I'm going to need to take it off for the guitar because it is... Um, the sound of those doors closing as well. How many sets of doors did you take me through? Many, many sets of doors. Um, and it's a bit like Get Smart, isn't it? It is. I can't see the filth yet, but I'll, I'll take the blindfold off. Well, I can the... certainly smell it. There's a musty... As, as Blake has said, all the rats are alive. They're not dead. So they're very well fed as well. Have we so. the bells of the National Library? Uh, it could be anywhere. Who knows? We will secret, never a secret tunnel. We will never one of the secret tunnels underneath <laughs> Old Palmer House. The secret tunnels. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Dennis is in town, and he's promoting the fact that on Saturday, the 29th of July, at the Street Theatre, he will be bringing his world-renowned show, Rugby League: The Musical, to town. And we believe all of you great. Green Machine supporters out there in the ACT and surrounding regions that make up travel, all... travel here and far. Yeah, yeah, from Yass, from <laughs> Goulburn, from Quangers, from Bunjandore, from the Flat, from Michelago, that you all come out and you come and see Dennis do his thing because it is fantastic. We're talking multiple songs, satirical songs, sing-along songs. There'll be raiders there. You'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll see uh, costume changes, all sorts of things. You see a whole lot of things. It's I don't focus so much on the game and the scores. I focus on the theatrical narratives of rugby league, and there's so many theatrical narratives going through it at the moment. I, you know, obviously we're in the middle of State of Origin, which is like rugby league Christmas. We've got coach mm. whispers, we've got Freddie barefoot, we've got Damien Cook and his float tanks. Of course, you've got to have a float tank if you're a hooker, don't you? Do. Well, yeah. <laughs> float tanks are back, aren't they? They really are back. Yeah. You've got to be floating in the tank. My problem with a float tank is. What if you urinate? And I mean, are you meant to urinate in the float tank? I don't think it matters. I think it's that's the water is very salty, so I don't think it's going to be... What if the bad. person before you has urinated? You wouldn't notice. Wouldn't you? you wouldn't know, don't, I don't, don't taste it anyway. Do they flush it's it? terribly salty. I don't, don't know what they do, but they I, I don't know. When I'm water. lying in warm water for a long period of time, I've got to tell you, the chances are I'm going to urinate. Well, it's just the way it is, people. I find the main thing about them is that... Yeah, so, I mean, is Damien Cook lying in his own urine? I don't think he is. He's lying in magnesium sulfate. They call it magnesium bath, which... Back in the day, they used to call Epsom salts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not like there's anything new and fandangled about it. It's just that Epsom salt, you know, a salt bath. Ooh, fandangled. He's bringing all sorts of 19th century prospecting <laughs> words to our podcast, Blake. <laughs> you like that? Yeah. He's I, I actually, when... Um, I'm affronted by your pointing that out. When my son was born, my, um, my mother sent me off to um, get various supplies for my um, poor partner. Uh, and um, I went into the chemist and I had this sort of like a small plastic baby bath and then I was buying up all these Epsom salts and stuff. <laughs> and the woman behind the chemist, I think I just, I hadn't slept for about a week. I had a wild look <laughs> in my eye and she basically thought I was trying to construct a bomb or something. Cause she was like, <laughs> what are you buying? What on earth are you doing this for? It was Epsom salts. It was iodine. There were all these different things. And yeah, it was, it was wow, pretty a bit weird. bit of alchemy. Yeah. <laughs> Making a man. <laughs> I, think, I think it was I more, I think it was more you. she was concerned that I was uh, a would-be terrorist or something like that. Yeah. Well, you look like yeah. it. Yeah. No, now, well, 
look, the hair and the, the bedraggled look. Yeah, and look, scary. I know our listeners particularly love the fact that we really talk about football, but I, I was suggesting that as this is, you know, Raiders review with Blake and the Pork, and of course Dennis today, that we should perhaps review the Raiders. Does anyone agree with that move? Sure. Okay. Let's review. Well, so much to review. There is so much to review. Well, first off, let's talk about the Sharks win last Thursday night. Uh, whose heart is still operating? Uh, mine, it, it began it began operations a week after the event. Yeah. Um, and did you think it was gone? Oh, I thought it was gone. You I thought, thought it was gone. gone. I never I, actually I, did. I, I never actually did think it was gone. I kind of transferred myself back to like previous seasons where I thought in the past, yes, I thought we were definitely gone at that mm, point. Mm. And you know, there was there was like a Michael Ennis or there was someone from the other side that would step up and do and something re- treacherous. Yeah, take yeah. take the 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 bull by the horns. But the, they, I. I mean, as much as it's a good Sharks team, you know, and a good team on paper, there wasn't really someone there to really seize oh, I think the moment. Were. I think there were. I just think the Raiders had it snuffed. I yeah. think that was the I, difference. The I Raiders think had it snuffed out. The fact that Toots read it, whereas, I don't know, the, 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 the whole defensive resolve this year. I was watching it in the heart. I wasn't certain they were going to lose it. Yeah. But I wasn't certain. Of, like I, I didn't know. I was in uncharted territory. I thought when Toots <laughs> took that final ball in the intercept, uh, I was, I was highly relaxed. Relieved. Then Are you, that was that was uh, pretty no, much no, the last the, moment of the game. The great thing about when you're actually doing commentary is you actually are able to remove yourself into a tantric state of sorts where you're removed from the actual result of the match and being partisan within it because you are paid to be an impartial person. And we actually, although we're accused of being completely biased pretty much on a weekly level. I pride myself on the fact that I'll pump up the tyres of the other side and so on. So I was trying to look at it from the perspective of, yes, the Sharks are a pack of filthy, cheating grubs, but they're actually very good filthy, cheating grubs, mm. you know, and, and in, in that regards. And finding the positives I could take out of that. But I must say, when Toots jumped up and grabbed that ball and killed the game uh, and held it in our favour, I was thinking to myself, that's good. That's really good. I was pretty it was, happy. Yeah, it was a big sigh of relief. I did think the neighbours might have come over at that point to mm. make sure that I hadn't murdered someone because I was <laughs> screaming and yelling and you wouldn't be able to discern the screaming from someone being murdered or someone uh, you know, celebrating Toots taking the catch. So, but who were you particularly happy with from that match? Who, who really stood out in your eyes, Blake, in that match? Uh, well, a bunch of players did. Um, but Bailey Simonson, what a, what a dark horse that guy's turned out to be. I mean, we, we've sort of sung the praises consistently of, of CNK and, and Bateman, mm. and it's been, you know, mm. they've been the big sort of, you know, improvers or surprise packets or the big additions to the squads yep. for this year, but um, Simonson's been outstanding. He really I, has. I want to see him cut, like, every time he gets the ball at the line, there is steps, there's jumps, there's stutters, there's so much going on. I want to see the time when he actually gets it in the clear and goes one-on-one with someone, because it's like, there's some, he's, you know, all black sevens can play has never really had the open space. Yeah. yeah. And I, I want to see it, because it's going to happen at some point. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm loving the kid. Look, the problem we've got with Bailey Simonson is he is that good, and we can clearly see it. Now, something I want to report to people is in the tunnel before the Sharks match, there was a very energetic and very uninjured looking Joey Lalua. Oh, boy. Where very energetic all? and looking. He looked good. He was smiling. He was smacking around. He wasn't lurching. He wasn't looking injured in any way, shape, or form. Now, I know with a neck injury and neck surgery, it takes a little while, but he has resumed non-contact training. Really? From what I saw there and knowing the way the things have been going, I will not be surprised if we see him back in August for the Roosters match. That brings up a major problem. Assuming that all our players come back, and the good news from Nick Kotrick that he was only going to miss a couple of weeks, I'm very disappointed for him missing out of Origin, obviously. But I mean, there was 
some possibility may have got left out of the side in the crazy wholesale chases. Maybe not, but... Oh, yeah, look, look. It I definitely made it easier for them to get Tom Trevojevic back in the team. He was penned in as centre. Yeah, he was going to play. Who? Chotrich. Uh, Chotrich. He was penned in as centre. I can. I, I have that from the horse's mouth. He was penned in as centre. It was going to be him at, at uh, centre. Left centre. And, and Trevojevic outside him. All yeah. right, that was the plan. No, he was he was looking good. I saw Freddie talking to him before the match, and they were not talking in any other way apart from coach and player. Um, yeah. There was no question in my mind, and I saw him doing the same thing with Jack White. And so I, I thought, and Jack grew a leg from that as well, um, which is good. But the problem we've got is if Kotrick's back and Lelua's back, oh. where the hell do you put Bailey Simonson? Well, oh. you put him back to... Mounties, but you know. But how unfair is that? Don't you see how? But that's un- what you want. Yeah, that's that what is. you want. You want that depth. And look, you know, a, a player going down yeah. is is only ever a moment away. No, that's true. But then we go to the next problem: is this over the last three seasons? I think it's pretty much fair to say, along with Josh Hodgson, the crowd favourite and the the second best player for the Camp Raiders has been Jordan Rapiner. I think that's fair to say. Yeah, he has been absolutely outstanding. He is one of the only players currently that's uncontracted for next season and is in negotiations. I believe the rise of Bailey Simonson oh. is going to throw a real spanner at that works and it will only do it for the actual reality as a salary cap because yeah. Jordan makes, it makes, Rappiner deserves big money. Yes, and it, makes it, it would make it easier for the club to play hardball with him knowing that they've got such a good, they've oh. unearthed such a good you know, player coming through. Yeah, but um, the thing about Bailey Simonson I say as well is he is deceptively strong. Yeah, oh, like he's not remarkably that big, That tackle on East Sun Masters yeah, was ridiculous. He's, and it wasn't just that tackle. That was, I, I was had the joy of being at the ground and seeing from our vantage point how it was a four-on-one overlap. Yeah, there was one of him, and there was four. There was one tiger with the ball. There was four men who that tiger could have passed. Who I think it was Benji could have passed it to, and yet he read it and he diffused it. There was four tigers on one, and yeah. he diffused it like that. Th- and that's where I thought of that. It became Bailey's Corner. Meet you at Bailey's. So we have it Bateman's was... Bay, and now we have Bailey's. Yeah, Bailey's Bay. Bay. I, I think, and I think Ricky should be looking. Well, maybe not Ricky. They should be looking at a third-party sponsorship deal where Bailey sings <laughs> that, and, and there's a, a life-size cutout of him at Bailey's Corner. Yeah, it's it's interesting which because be? you know how the players at the at the ground have their own um, personal sponsors. And oh, you yeah. can't actually, the way it works with businesses, you can't say, Mooseheads, I want to sponsor XYZ. At the season launch, they draw them, no, they draw them out of a hat, yeah. because otherwise. But well, it, it's, it's not a bit. Play, though. You actually sponsor the, the, the number, the jersey number. Well, which. which, which you get that out of a hat. Yeah, still. Which, which, whichever it is, it's a little bit unfortunate, I think, that Jack White is sponsored by the Duxton. <laughs> I mean, I know he has banned himself from Civic. Well, the well, so, not in Civic. Oh, exactly. So he can, he can still raise hell at the Ducks. Like the yeah. I just don't think he should sponsored by a pub. That's all I'm saying. I, I, mean, I dislike heavily you casting aspersions on Jack. He has turned a new leaf. He's I also, I also the whole the whole narrative that this one of these sort of fluff pieces in the Daily Telegraph that he signed his contract that he said that he's going to be banning himself from Civic. Yeah. I don't believe that. I don't believe I think that's a hype. Unless I actually see that contract published... <laughs> 
in the, redacted or you know whatever or yeah, or, what, what, or what, under what? the under the Freedom of Information Act or Look. whatever it is. Look. I I don't know. I think it's loaded. I'm calling it as loaded. Are you saying the Telegraph has made something up? <laughs> Surely you're not. Surely Listen, you're not casting aspersions. Here's on the, the thing. Fictional writing. Jack Jack has paid for his crimes more than paid for his crimes. He's clearly turned the page. He's playing a fantastic season. He's rightly getting the accolades for it. He's still sorry for what he's done, and he's out of trouble. He's been a good boy. Okay, and yeah. we're going to leave Jack White and bloody well alone. Do you understand? No, that? we're not. I love the guy. Yes, yeah, so I absolutely I. love him. I'm, well, looking, I'm going to be all over him, fanboying. I just, and look, I'm, in, so ex- I'm, I'm so excited. In seeing the him Sharks' win, the turning point where we got back in that match was when he booted the crap out of that ball and then chased it and, and tackled tra- in goal. And yeah, tra- yeah. trapped Moylan in goal. That was now, we might have blown the dropout then when we didn't read it all and everyone was so busy celebrating they didn't set up for it all, yeah. which was pretty amateurish. Um, but somehow we got it because Josh Morris dropped it, but then Fafita cleaned up Caesar and did a nice swing and arm into his head yeah. on the ground. And then they got the penalty. And Well, Charles ran in, but the interesting thing was Chris Butler. And now I wanted to tell you the there was four officials there and it was Chris Sutton on one wing, uh, one flag, Chris <laughs> Butler on the other flag, and Ashley Klein. And How it, terrible. And it was Goff in the thing. Now, of the four officials that have the worst record for the Raiders, you know, well below our actual average winning rate, of the four officials currently, play, you know, prying their trade in the NRL, three of them, those three, they had the were three. there. We oh, had right. three of the bottom four of our worst possible officials. Because, and can I, can you Henry. tell can you tell me the official with the worst the record against us? The worst against us? Against us. It's not Church, surely. No, it's definitely not Church. It's not Henry, because Henry actually does. No, it's okay. not Henry. Henry's about on the on the path. Um, Jerry. Sutton? It's Jerry Sutton. Jerry. Well, come on down, Jerry Sutton. So the Sutton boys. That's disappointing. That Chris the Butler. They're country boys. Who's the really that tall? Be... Um, Chris Butler. Who's, that's the Chris really Butler. tall linesman. Yeah. That's Chris he's Butler. He's the one that, yeah, um, that got shoulder charged by the Tigers uh, <laughs> trainer in that game. Absolutely smashed. Because after that game, I thought Ashley Klein was absolutely appalling, and I was glad to see at the end of the game the crowd still really booed the refs. Because sometimes you can gloss over. You've you've had a you've had a win. And you went, but no, no, people still were really committed to booing well, Ashley Klein. And he's been rewarded with the State of Origin whistle, hasn't he? He always will be. And, but that's another story entirely. <laughs> um, the, the, issue, the issue was, though, on that particular occasion, Chris Butler was... I was very close to that incident on the sideline. And Chris Butler was even closer than me. He was three metres close to that incident than me. And it was clear as day that swinging arm came over the top into Caesar's head. Clear as day. And I forgot myself and I said, come on, Chris, you've got to report that. And he said nothing. Don't overdrive the mic. Yeah, he just yelled. Anyway, <laughs> beside that. But um, the Sharks, were, when White captured that in, that was real turning point because he really asserted himself again as an alpha male on that field. And at the same time as um, the next person, the next segment we're going to talk about, also asserted himself on the field, it really changed the match because to that point, the Sharks would have been pushing us around until, of course, our favourite player stood up and majestically oh. took them on. So we want to go back into a, a segment we've done a couple of times this year, which is called Why We Love John Bateman. Bateman! Bateman. <laughs> I think I've overread the mic there, people. Right. Well, you've earned it. So this week on Why We Love John Bateman, I want to discuss when Paul Gallon shapes up to you. What do you generally do in this world, Blake? First thing you do is clench your jaw so yeah. it doesn't break when he punches it. Yeah. Second thing you do is, if, if I was in a fight with Paul Gallon, I'd hope that I'd win by about 100 metres, maybe 200 metres. Yeah, and that's the thing. So that's Dennis's thing. He thinks you can outrun him. I know I can't outrun him. <laughs> um, having been run down once upon a time by Paul Osborne in a game of touch football. I'm yeah, but he's quite... quick. Uh, 
yeah, that's what he is. Um, so I know I couldn't. Was that so, recently? Or? Uh, 1994. Okay. Um, so He was a grand final hero then. Yeah, he, 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 then, he yeah. was fit. He was <laughs> fit. He was, okay, only for 20 minutes. Anyway, so my tactic in fighting Paul Gallen would be to hit the deck, start crying, put my thumb in my mouth and assume the fetal position. Oh, I like it. I like it. And that's a good one. Now... Paul Gallen may then either urinate on me or kick me in the head while I'm down. That's possible. But, you know, I went to Belcon and High, so I'm ready to wear those two, those sort of things. <laughs> um, Blake, you know, what would you do in that situation? I have no idea. But what did John Bateman do? I mean, as I said before, he's not, he's not, doesn't fear anyone. He stands up to anyone, whether it's Gallen, Fafita, whatever else. He grew up on an estate where, you know... He went at him harder. Yeah. He, grew he up went on, at him he harder. Grew up, he grew up on a council estate where people get stabbed on a daily basis. He's not intimidated by these guys. What's the worst thing that they're going to do to him? But he went at him harder. And what's more, Gallen suddenly looked in his eyes and went, I don't... I, okay, I've seen crazy before and I'm looking at it right now. This guy isn't going to back down. He's not intimidated by me. I've done my work here. I've put him off a little bit, which he had. And then Andrew Fafita came in and he went at him too. And I'm thinking, you know, there's something not quite right in John Bateman in his head, but I love it. I love it. I love everything about him. I interviewed him after the game. Couldn't tell you what he said. Didn't understand a word of it. Benny Pollock. I'd I'd like to see subtitles on his interviews. Didn't understand. But I was looking at his thing and he was pumped. He, He took that win as... A great thing, and him and Ryan Sutton smashing in chest into each other. It was like that was what they were all well, about. That's they really, street fighters. Really, that's 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 our biggest scalp of the season, though. Yeah, really, when you look at oh, the yeah. wins, that's Not that's far. the yeah, best. Definitely. Yeah, but yeah. he was a street fighter. He is an absolute brawler, and he's up for the fight. So Elliot Whitehead, Ryan uh, Ryan Sutton, and John Bateman are completely up for the street fight. And if someone that's what we were us, always expecting from them, though, and that they haven't disappointed. Oh, they haven't disappointed. But the thing about Bateman is, and at the start of the year, I said so last year. I watched a bunch of his games um, and uh, in England was really impressed, but he's actually delivered more than what I was expecting. Yeah. I was expecting more of a Josh Jackson, yeah. just honest toiler, yeah, totally. you know, just yeah. really committed hard worker, but not really anything dynamic aggressive or dynamic hell. or exciting. Yeah, it's, it's, or, not what he, it's not what he does. It's not his play. It's, it's his whole fight, his whole attitude, his whole... But he's got the skill as well. That's what oh, I'm yeah, saying. He's, he's, got, he's got all the mongrel, but, but there's to, skill there's as well. Other people have that skill. He has just got... This absolute never say die. This, this he does, and, and on top of that, it's this versatility. So here's the thing: Nick Kotrick goes off injured, right? Goes off injured, and we thought it the worst. And it's actually turning out to be much better. And we had to do a reshuffle on our side. And John Bateman went out to that centre position. John Bateman went out to that position, and the shark said, "Righto, let's go at that guy." <laughs> we lost nothing. No. He was fast. His defence was bad. They went there twice, got absolutely smashed twice, and then they went back the other side every other time they went. Yeah. They did not come back to that side again for the rest of that game. They saw it as a strength, not a weakness, and they stopped it. Well, for Feder uh, and Gell have gone, I'm not going back there. So he's, he's gotten a fight with the two biggest guys on the field, the two meanest guys on the field. He can play second row, he can play lock, he can play in the centres, and he's just completely up for it. And... You know, why wouldn't we love John Bateman? We adore you, John Bateman. You are wonderful. I don't understand a word you say, but you it's not are. That hard. It's Actually, not that I hard. do understand what he says. Yeah. Like, it's not that bad. Come he on, there's a little was... bit of hyperbole there. There's no there. Oh, yes. I it's, never it's... engage in hyperbole. <laughs> I never engage in hyperbole at all. It's not what I do. But we love you, John Bateman. But that brings us to our next segment, uh, which is Blake on the Burst. This is a really boring one this week and a really boring segment. And this, may, this, this may get edited out because I've only just thought of this at the last minute. But <laughs> something that has been annoying me lately is the NRL app. Do you have the NRL app I on do your have phone? the NRL app, yes. It is the, like, 
every time I go go on there, it says you've got to upgrade, you've got to go back to the app store and, and re-download your app or whatever, which is annoying. And the other really annoying thing about it is it engages in clickbait mm. multiple oh. times a day. It yep. sends you a message that is very sort of like a, a sort of very vague... Well, anyway, it sends you this very vague message, and then so you have to go into the app and find out what they're talking about. It's like, um, you know, former state of origin player and international hangs up the boots. And so you go, you click through to see what it is. Oh, Terry Campisi has announced that this is going to be his last year for the for Queen Min Kangaroos mm. or Blues. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's very tenuous. That's not an actual example, but that's an example of the sort of thing. That, Be a good example. I yes. think that's a, well, well, that's why they can use that one. They can use that one. It's an important story, though. I'd, I'd read Italian, that. Italian international and, yeah. and one, well, he did play for yep. Australia as well, one game for Australia. Yeah, he did. Before um, Neville Costigan poked him in the eye. <laughs> and he played a game for New South Wales yes. in which Robbie Farrell refused to pass the ball to yes, him and, and kept running himself. And everyone said, well, what Terry Campese did do? He did what he could do when Robbie Farrell wouldn't pass the ball to him. So, you yeah. know. Let's it was he and Wallace. It. They played that one game and that was it, wasn't it? Oh, in it was the halves. They got one game in the halves. One it was under Bellamy as the coach. Yeah, and, and Farrell wouldn't pass the ball to them. I mean, we could have had anyone. New South Wales could have had anyone at nine then. They might have actually been competitive. But no, 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 no. Put Robbie Farrell in there. He knows what to do. Anyway, he'll run it himself because he, him and Paul Gallon, they know what to do. So before we get on to our next segment, <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Um, Blake on the burst. Uh, the app. The one map. that kills me about the app is that you, you go to... You have to opt out of watching the video. So you're mm. sitting there quietly oh, yeah. at dinner and, and you just want to check and the scores. And, it's and all you... it comes yelling. It's like, oh, <laughs> stop it. It's and going, here's your free 30-second preview. Yeah. Mm. And even though I actually, you know, I've signed up so I, I get the full thing, but I have to log in every time. And that just annoys the you coming. I just want to get, check the scores. You have to log in. I don't. I don't. <laughs> it's an iPhone. I don't have to log in. It should just work in our It should just work. But it doesn't. No, you're, you're right. I'm with you on the burst there. I'm, I'm coming up in support. <laughs> well, up. Look, let, let's, let's seize on that moment of passion because we do have the great Dennis Carnahan here from Rugby League the Musical, which will be in town on the 29th of July. No, at the 27th. Stri- 27th? 27th. 27th of July. 27th of July. Nice one, be Tim. In town on the 27th of July at the Street Theatre. Get your tickets great now. Great venue. And, and I went along last year. I had an excellent time. And uh, I was sitting behind your man... Oh, Sammy. The Kuma Crooner. Oh, the Kuma Crooner. So I assumed that that was the VIP section. Was that... Was yeah, that yeah, 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 Actually, yeah, yeah. I've got a bone to pick with Sammy Williams. So I'm getting out of the car on Thursday night to, to go in and get set up. And Sammy's waiting for me because he's parked next to me. Um, and, uh, you know, we're going to walk into the thing. Because he was waiting for me, I hurried up, locked my old pair of Bluetooth headphones in between the door and the outside of the car. And by the time I got back home... To my, I needed a new pair of Bluetooth headphones, and oh. I blame you, Sammy. I blame you for making me hurry. Sammy, he's really annoying with those Bluetooth headphones. Can you come and take them off him? <laughs> oh, thank you, Sammy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't think I could love Sammy anymore, oh, and now I do. Sammy it's, is... it's the thing about that, the people that walk around with headphones like you, Tim. It's it's very hard these days to tell. Um, who's a mad person just walking down the street talking to themselves and who's just got Bluetooth headphones on? That's the thing I've Well, in my it. case, it's both. both. Yeah. <laughs> okay, anyway, we're going to seize on Dennis's uh, passion so you can have a bit of a snippet of what you can expect when you do go to uh, Rugby League the Musical on the 27th of July at the Street Theatre. What are you going with us today? Well, uh, what I've got for you today, that seeing as um, you know, Kevy Walters, Canberra legend, mm. well, he came on the 89 Grand Final, and, uh, you know, life, life member of the club, before, yes. Life member of the club. He'd forgotten that when I talked to him about it, by the way. I don't think his best work was done at the Raiders, but anyway, it's, he, you know, he, he, he was involved in the, the last tackle. Grand final. He was involved in the last yeah. tackle of the 89 Grand Final with Bradley Clyde. So he's, he's 
anyone that pulls on the line. There is that green, shot of him jumping up and down yet at the end. Oh, yeah. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They but tackle anyone, Sean Edwards just Anyone right. that pulls on the lime green is my hero. Yeah. And so I love Kevy. Matt he's got a bit nuts. He's, well, Matt Alford <laughs> knocking on at the scrum yeah. to put the Titans, to give the Titans... Oh, sh- a, oh sorry, I'm sorry. Really? I've braised it, people. I'm really sorry. Go okay. on, Dennis. Well, Kevy, you must be across the fact that Kevy has had a coach whisperer. He has. Kevy. And obviously, Kevy, he's a boy from Rockhampton, mm. known for the people of the artistic temperament. He's also grew up in Ipswich, which is also known for very artistic and new age thinking. That's what, that's what Ipswich is, that's is right. famous for. So, Kevy obviously is like that. And I, I was quite moved by him and his coach whispering. So, I've, I've penned a little ditty about him. Kevy is a man. I've always been a big fan of his. But lately something's changed and it ain't hard to explain Kevy's got himself a coach whisper and it's driving him insane He's got Kevy hypnotized Kevy's bottom lip is quivering, I just know it And he's doing crazy new age things late, late at night I can't believe how crazy Kevy's gone I can't believe how crazy Kevy's gone Where did he find a madman like that? His players have to play charades They can't even say the other team's name I'm concerned the coach whisperer's only magic power Is hypnotizing Kevin to pay five and a half grand an hour But Kevin won that Wednesday night He said we were always gonna win I just knew it And he's saying crazy new age things like Dun 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 You know I can't believe that Kevin won I can't believe that Kevy won. Uh, oh, very good. Uh, Dennis reprising, of course, the classic Rick Springfield song from 1980, Jesse's Girl, in that particular, in that particular I song. I have done it previously as, as uh, Desi's Girl. I wish I was Desi's Girl because Desi, he's... You know I made Desi smile once. I've made him smile as well. Yeah, That's two it's a people very, on the planet. Very How did you make Desi smile? I said something positive about one of his players after a loss as my first question in an interview. Yeah. He loved that. He wasn't expecting it at all. Completely blindsided me. Oh. He took me into the uh, the change room and did a full interview with me as a result. Well, so there I, you go. I had a moment where I was in a press conference and uh, my phone rang mm. and he was mainly had been absolutely butchered by the refs. And um, he was about to cut loose. He got fined that day. Mm. <laughs> but before he let loose his tirade, um, he... My phone rang, and my old ringtone was C.W. McCall's Convoy. Breaking one nine, this here's a rubber duck, you got a coffee on me, big pan, come on. And he's stopped his tirade, looked at me, and I'm there fumbling, going, oh, God, how embarrassing. I was looking at me, and he's like, how'd you get that ringtone? I said, oh, I, I made it. He's like, can you send it to me? Yeah. Yeah, sweet, I'll, I'll see you after. <laughs> so, quite chirpy. He loved the idea. So convoy, actually, <laughs> convoy. <laughs> I sent him uh, convoy. Yeah. We got a great big convoy. Well, that is a that is a very cheerful story, and that leads into our next segment, of course, which is reasons, reasons to, to be, be cheerful. cheerful. Reasons to be cheerful, part three. One, two, three. And of course, Blake, as usual, there are always reasons to be cheerful. Let's and hear him. The first one is uh, we didn't lose. We got back to 20-all, right? We were up 20-nil, it turned into 20-all, and I think we all had a head between our legs kissing our ass goodbye, thinking, oh, my God, here it comes again. But then we didn't lose, and that was remarkable because, you know, we went from, you know, losing those three matches on the trot, only the Cowboys one was a bad performance, the other ones were there, and you were just thinking the season is now, which shows so much promise, going down the toilet. 
and then we didn't lose that match. And that was a great reason to be cheerful in itself that we didn't. The other one was after the shutout of the West Tigers, it's the first time in the history of the club that we've had a season where we've shut out sides, three, three sides in a season where we haven't let them score. And that is um, a stat that defines a side that will make the grand final. I mean, I think that is that both those results are telling in that the new the team has actually changed and there is a new outlook. Because in the past, we definitely would have let in a few soft tries. Totally, totally. You can see how committed they were to the defence. Yeah, you know, at Mm. the end. You, you well, saw Sutton and Bateman celebrating, oh, yeah. you know, people getting taken out the sidelines if we'd scored a try. Yeah, that's oh, right. Yeah. That, I can tell you, at that Tigers game, this is, to me, this is a reason to be cheerful that not a lot of people saw. I was at the game. Because there were not a lot of people there. <laughs> well, there wasn't, I love Raiders fans. A lot of the Raiders fans, they were in the far yeah. corner. So I was in the opposite corner. I was in the corner and I was directly adjacent to when Toots threw that flick pass back yeah. inside, which they weren't sure if it was knock on. Now, from where the touch judge was and where the referees were and where the cameras were, you couldn't judge that it was forward. But from where I was, it was one hundred. It was about forty-five degrees forward. He he threw it, but it was an accidental part. Like it, it didn't go backwards. It went so far forward, and I was there with a friend, Dave Ray, another Raiders fan, in a, a bunch of Tigers fans, and we were going, "Oh, bugger, it's going to get called back because it was so clearly forward." Then it went upstairs, and Dave Ray said, "They can't call a forward pass. They can't call it. They can't call it. It's going to be a try." So we were sitting there going, "This is one hundred percent not a try, and the Raiders are going to get it." Because of the technology, because of the rules, the Raiders are going to be favoured. Now, past years, you look at Joey yeah, yeah. Lewis pass last year against the Sharks yeah, that yeah. was called back, and yeah. it was so clear it was called forward and it was back. Yeah, yeah. You look at the touch judge raising the flag; everything goes against the Raiders. Yeah. This one, it, it was one hundred percent no yeah. try, and we were going, it's, we were celebrating more because we got a no try try. But that's happened that a couple is, of times this season where we've got decisions where I thought to myself, "Wow, how did that come about?" And maybe we're finally getting the karma back from all those seasons. We are but so accustomed to being on the wrong side. We saw a joke that there was a, just in the in there were three buttons in the uh, in the referee's <laughs> yeah. box: try, no try, and just the Raiders button. The Raiders <laughs> button. <laughs> no, <laughs> piss off. Which bypassed the other two with the red. Yeah. We're not bothering. We have a decision. We're going to the board. <laughs> Bang. Um, uh, another reason to be cheerful: anymore. we won two straight without Hodgson playing, which in yeah. seasons oh, that past is, huge. is a minor miracle. Um, another reason to be cheerful: Hodgson and Hosborough are coming back. Uh, maybe even for the um, the Eels game, but if not, definitely from the Dragons. And the other one, which I was telling you about, Joey Lalua looked good. Now, here's the thing. All of a sudden, you start looking at it in the position they're actually in now and the run home that they've got. If everyone gets back on board at the right time, do you remember, Blake, I'm just throwing this out there, that there was a guy at some stage in the past who actually talked about the Raiders winning a premiership in 2019 and you holding that person and saying, I'm going to hold you to that? Tim Gable? Yeah, was it? I believe the first name started with Tim, yeah. It was actually, no, it was actually in 2016 that, that Tim Gable predicted the Raiders were going to win the Premiership, and I ridiculed him at that time, and uh-huh. no, he was, got a lot closer than we expected. Uh-huh. But no, yes, you have... But see, your thing is, if you promise a Premiership every year... No, I don't. I didn't, I didn't, but, and and why did I say? I said because I thought John Bateman was the guy who was going to come and really make a difference, <laughs> didn't I? And you said you didn't know too much about him, and I said, I've watched this guy, I reckon he's that special. Is not that, now you're reinventing history. I am not reinventing history. I was the one that did you have just ruined the whole thing in June. You've pulled this out in June. It's way too early. You don't win the premiership yet. There's there's still so much drama to unfold. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. If it does happen, if it hasn't fallen into a heap now, yeah. Well, if it, well, if mean, it doesn't happen, I think we can blame you. Okay. 100%. No. No. And I agree with if, that. If luck is a fortune, etc., etc., um, and you know we've got we've had the injuries we had to have. 
and we've got them all out of the way, and we mm. have a clean run for the rest of the season. Mm. Well, that'd be fantastic, wouldn't but it? Even still, this is the thing that 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 I'm finding it hard to deal with. We've had the injuries we've had. We've got cover. Mm. Like and the other so thing Levin is, really, has come in. Like he 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 hasn't looked out of place. He's no, looked good. Not at all. And you know, you were talking about Bailey Simonson before. No, they, they come in and they cover. do things. And Bailey Simonson, I think, could go into the centres at a pinch with the strength that he that he shows. So I and mean, they just let him cut loose. Can yeah. they just give him a but chance? The other thing too is is Corey Horsburgh doesn't take a backward step, and no, every good. match he gets good. there. So we've actually got some grunt, and they're running out games. They're still fit. Because even in that games. Tigers game, um, you know, and he injured himself quite early on. Mm. He played, I think, the first. 30 minutes of the first half without mm. a break. He mm. can play big minutes mm. for a young prop. Very impressive. Mm. And then, you know, reserve, Tommy Starling. It was the a, smallest it was, man it was in the great, NRL. It was a great <laughs> moment. Again, at the, at the um, Parramatta Stadium, I forgot what the proper name is. Um, you know, like I said, we're in the back corner. We're up the back Bank of the West. stand. Bank Bank, that's the one. We uh, Western Sydney Stadium is the... Mm. the yes, the well, we're, we're on the ABC here. We don't Western need to Sydney give any Stadium. free plugs. Lang Park. I was sitting there with all these Melbourne no. Rectangular Stadium. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And I yelled out, and I loved it. I love yelling out at the players. And there's Tommy Starling, and there's like we're in an empty corner of the stadium. Tommy Starling, give us a wave. And he turns and gives us a wave. And even the Tigers fans are like, oh, yeah, Tommy Starling gave us a wave. <laughs> well, that's good. And and that, that, he may not be the tallest, he's but I think very if little. you put him sideways, those quads. You know, he's, like he's had he's out of place on Roddy Wishart. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's had to he's had to adjust for for certain things. Look, and so there are many reasons to be cheerful, but as usual, Blake, there've been a number of things that have ground my gears. Pull back, pull back, turn away from the mic, turn turn this way. What? Go, go. Are you going to yell? No, I'm not going to yell. I don't <laughs> yell at the grind my gears. And do you know what grinds my gears, Blake? You know what really grinds my gears. They might be a cheating pack of low-down, filthy grubs, and they really are, and they have it down to a fine art form. But the Sharks are actually a very good team. They are. I was incredibly impressed with the way they came back from there because they did They just did lack it. speed, though, I think. And, and you look at players like, you know, Sean Johnson came back, didn't offer a whole lot. I Matt Moylan, he, was he much did. Better he offered than a nice little I... bit of space on the right-hand side. The Matt... torch, that ball was beautiful. The, 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 Matt Moylan could be the most overpaid oh, yeah. He had a shocker, but... In the game, But apparently. what I'm talking about is uh, Hamlin Ueli, the, oh. the new big prop, was superb. He yeah. is, the he's like that... the new Fafita. He's unbelievable, that but, guy. And, and Fafita said he's not worried. He's still got his spot in the, the, the seat. But um, <laughs> Kurt Capewell being able to go out onto the wing, as a second row yeah, going out yeah, the wing, yeah. and he's not just good. go out in the wing, but actually be a good winger... Yeah. Was was quite remarkable. Wade Graham, yes, he's a filthy low down whatever, but gee, he's a good player. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's no doubt a about really, that. Really, really good, good player for a uh, long time. Brenton Nakora, yeah, he's Jaden Braley. Yeah, um, Chad Townsend is in the peak of his career right now. He doesn't get mentioned at all, but my God, he's good. And you, t- I know we didn't see much of Jerry because he went off injured because Jack White lined him up and smashed him so many times. It was beautiful to watch. But Jerry is. <laughs> Fast. Fecky is a great player. Johnson came back in and ran and did give options. I know you didn't think he offered much, but he offers that dynamic stuff, which now behind a pack that can actually do something, mm. um, I think that can be quite good. So it grinds my gears that the Sharks are actually a good side. But another thing <laughs> that ground my gears, um, because I don't like that. I want them to be just a pack of filthy cheating pains in the ass. I don't want them to actually be good, but they were good. I admired them. Uh, Freddie doing the Viking clap. No, Freddie, you're not part of us. Piss off. Don't do the Viking clap. I don't want to see it. It's not a stinking gimmick. It's our home ground. Go to hell. You're not a Raider. Really? You never have been a Raider. You never will be a Raider. Really? Yeah. I think it's a bit harsh, man. No, I don't like it. Didn't like it at all. Um, now, the last thing if is... If you did it in a green jersey, 
Right. Now, I, I've made a little bit of a name for myself um, in following the referees in the NRL and critiquing them and actually examining their performances, not from, oh, they're cheating or whatever like this, but actually keeping the stats on their... Um, there are, you know, what they do and how they do it, etc. And actually being able to examine what they do and why they do it. And as a result, I've got a lot of the inside stories about these things. And there's been a few of the referees that I've particularly targeted because of those stories and because of those statistics. Obviously, the Sutton boys. The Sutton boys and me won't be friends. They won't be inviting me into a barbecue, nor... You're not I... friends with, on Facebook with them, unlike some other referees. Other referees. I am yeah. friends with Facebook <laughs> with some other referees. I absolutely am. Um, because I like them, and in spite of the fact they lost us a semi-final in 2016 <laughs> by not calling Jimmy Maloney blatantly offside, <laughs> sin-binning him, Matt Shekin, not no, mentioning sin, any and, freaking names. And sin-binning Jack Whiten as well. And sin-binning Jack Whiten, and they were 35 metres out with a full line behind him, which hadn't been done at all that season, let alone by you. Yes, Matt Shekin is still my favourite referee. I think he's the best. And uh, Grant Atkins, obviously, is a, I believe is a great referee I've as well. Got a, so I've many. still got a soft spot for the badge. And um, I've, I've got a funny story about the badge, which, Badger will, which will be shared at a, later, is, at a later time. He's a good man. I, I don't have any problem with the badge. But I have had a problem with Ashley Klein. Not because he's not a nice bloke. I like Ashley Klein. He is a lovely bloke. He really is. I've had good chats with him in the past. I haven't found him offensive, but he's not in the top two referees in this country. He is not. I've said it loud and strong. I've showed evidence for it on many of my articles where it says it. So where where does that (laughs) bastard get off at the coin toss at the Raiders-Sharks match going, saying hi, Tim, and being nice to me? Because at least Chris Butler, who I've bagged out, has the, you know, temerity to treat me like, no, not temerity, has the decency to treat me like something he scraped off the bottom of my boot and completely ignore me. Chris Sutton does the same thing, and good on them. I would do the same if I was in their boots as well. But Ashley Klein was nice to me. And, you know, it just reminded me what a nice guy he actually was. And he is a nice guy. But he's a crap ref. I'm sorry, Ash. That was a really, really bad refereeing performance. Someone came out and said, oh, you've got the Raiders up five penalties in nil. They deserve And all of a sudden, you started giving penalties to the Shark. For Of all things, the Raiders... For all things, the Raiders holding he, he people down in the ruck. You were giving penalties to the Shark for them being held down in the ruck, which was, you know, it's okay if you're allowing the whole match to turn into WWE, which you were, but then when you decide <laughs> to give penalties to the Sharks, you give them for the one thing that they are masters at. That was absolutely shit, and it ground my gear. It was evening up, and he was nice to me. And you know what, Blake? It grinds my gears. It grinds my gears. He just called. He said he wants to have a coffee with you. Yeah, I'm sure he bloody does. <laughs> when's he When's he back down in Canberra? We don't oh, know yet. I don't know. He might come to the show. There isn't a game in Canberra. Game in Canberra no, for not, ages. Not for there? a while. Not for a while. Anyway, we've now ranted on a fair bit yes. here, and it's been good. Now, I just wanted to say a, a big. Um, as you know, we are the third most popular uh, Raiders podcast on we the think, internet. We, we think, think we could be the optimistically, fourth. Optimistically, we're claiming third. Yeah, but look, it, it could be fourth. It could well be fourth. Um, and we wanted to send out a great big uh, congratulations to uh, a podcast that we're big fans of, which is the Green Machine podcast, who will be doing next week their 100th podcast, which is quite amazing, which is quite amazing, and, and good luck we to you, lads. We've done a lot better than us. We're but, a long way. This is our 20th. Yeah, and if we make 25, there's going to be a big party, <laughs> people, a big, big party. But um, yeah, no, we, we are, uh, you know, this is a Raiders review with Blake and the Pork. I am the Pork. 
I'm Blake. And uh, we will be back soon to discuss more things Raiders, but taking us out this week is our good friend of the show, Dennis Carnahan, who will be bringing his Rugby League The Musical to the Street Theatre on Saturday the 27th 27th of July. Get tickets, go along. But here's the thing, people. We are running a competition here, and what it will be is what we want you to do is we want you to suggest a Raiders event, historical event, that Dennis should make a song about and preferably also what the song should be, or that Dennis will have sure. the right to do that. Do you have any like, Raiders particular songs? I am working on a, an epic song about Sam Williams. Oh, uh, really? It's pretty, it's pretty much a love song. <laughs> yeah, um, and, and, and this, this, this competition will be run in um, cahoots with our partners and the organisation that gives us a dubious, uh, I don't know, appeal, which is the Greenhouse Forum, who will also be doing this. So what we want you to do is submit what historical Raiders event you believe Dennis should make into a song and the winner will receive two tickets to the show on the 27th of July yes is it going to be is yes. it should be like a uh, well I guess it could be either is it, is it like a positive moment or is it a dark moment is it a it can be any moment we want we'll be judging it uh, no correspondence will be entered into what, what dark moments judges decision will be <laughs> final dark moments. There's all, it's all positive but the, the judges be myself, Dennis Blake, and of course, G. He from the Greenhouse and one other one of his moderators will choose the winning entries, which will be submitted uh, via either the Blake and the Pork Raiders Review podcast site or on the Greenhouse Forum. Uh, more to come on that, so please do put those in. But to take us out for this week, Dennis Carnahan. Yeah, and I'm sorry, it's going to be... It's, it's a sad song this week. They're going to take you out on because uh, Nicky Chotrich obviously missed out on Origin because there's a blight across the game at the moment. And I'm not just talking about Cam Smith. And it's been, it's been affecting me very emotionally. So I've written a little song. Your foot rolled over and spun And something went wrong inside Oh... You're on the ground and clinging to your ankle on the rise. Just like Daily Cherry Evans and Dylan Napa, Aiden Guerra, Kieran Foran too. I cried me a river over Tarpinay's ankle. The tibia and fibula were forced apart. The words that broke my heart injured syndesmosis and ankle sprain high up. Damaging ligaments between the two bones It's weeks till you'll come back More if you need surgery You damaged your anterior tibiofibular ligament And or your posterior tibiofibular ligament Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye Goodbye Injured syndesmosis